When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the very first episode of The Front Free, which is a new football podcast, which hopefully you'll be listening to every week. Uh, my name is Adam Bolton, and I'm joined by Lawrence McKenna. Why aren't I introducing this? Well, you know, you take it in turns. Over time, Next week. over Next time, week. over time, yeah. And Dave O'Brien, of course, Thank as well. So, yeah. You've got to people... say something, Dave, by the way, so people know your voice. Hi, guys. Hey, Dave. Dave That's pretty good. Yeah, good. So, uh, a lot of people uh, were asking for a podcast on Football Daily, which is a show we pop up on quite a lot. Uh, so, we set up our own here. So, we're going to be doing an episode every week, hopefully every Wednesday, mm-hmm. although this week is on a Friday. Um, but, yeah, we, we just need to nail down that day. But uh, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, we're going to be, you know, everywhere you can get podcasts, we are going to be there, basically. Every single one? Yeah. Exactly. So the first episode, just going to be answering some questions, start off easy. Good. Where are the so, questions from? I've got them off Twitter, I've got them okay. off YouTube, you know, I've got them from everywhere. Yeah. All, the, all the social medias, yeah. yeah. So, uh, the first question is, seeing as it's Champions League, Yeah. who are your favourites to win the UEFA Champions League this year? So, on uh, Wednesday, Real Madrid, let's talk about them first. They beat Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Javier Hernandez was the hero. So, did you see anything in that tie which made you think they're going to be the first team to retain it? I saw Carlo Ancelotti, that's what I saw. I saw him go back and... He's really good psychologically, isn't he, at motivating players when they went critically when they need to be motivated. Think about AC Milan on their runs to the final when he was the manager there. Think about... The fact that you know they they've really had a bit of a hoodoo over Madrid in recent years from the Atletico side. You know they won what four games in a row before they went into this one. I think it was something like eight games. And they fight and they this, this and they was flashed the eight them. Game. First, yeah, they flashed them in those times before. And now a one 0 looks like a real achievement, despite the fact that I mean, really, relatively, Real Madrid are underachieving if if they're only winning one 0 But I know it's the Champions League. Yeah, you, I saw I saw a lot there. Do you think they deserve to win that game? Though? I'm, I'm not sure. I think Atletico were, were poor. It wasn't the Atletico we're used to seeing from from previous you know competitions like the Copa del Rey or the Champions League. They just didn't look fired up. They, they defended both both ties. They were defending very deep. Yeah. They didn't offer a lot in the tie. It was quite boring. Imagine if that was a Chelsea or you know a, a negative team in the Premier League. People or a West Ham. Let's say obviously West Ham have changed, but people were jumping on that. Oh, these guys are absolute rubbish. This is boring football. I did see a lot of people on Twitter saying. If Chelsea did this, they'd be accused of anti-football. But with Atletico Madrid, it's seen as something to admire. Yeah, but I mean, look at the difference in investment between Chelsea and Atletico Madrid, or the difference in <sighs> yeah. how long Chelsea have had to establish that as a dynasty, and look at how long Atletico have been at the top of their curve. Chelsea have had a decade almost to do that. Atletico risen very quickly, so that's why people are not accusing them of that. It seems a bit strange, because last year they had more bite. This year yeah. they've not got that. 
at the start of this season, I wasn't a fan of Atletico last year. I thought they were, they were as everyone, as it's coming out in the media, that they are poor, they're a bit boring. Mm. They just get the job done. At the start of this season, they were looking really good with Mandzukic and, and uh, Griezmann linking up brilliantly. But it seems like they've gone back a bit and they've sort of, I don't know, gone into their shell a bit. Like They've lost their confidence. Mandzukic looks like half the player he was at the start of the season. You'd say yesterday he hardly got in the game. It seems like that Sergio Ramos encounter in the first leg has really affected him mentally, maybe, that he's not up for it. They do also lose their legs at some point, though, don't they? I mean, Atletico mm. do play quite a pressing yeah. game, and that's going to, I mean, especially for a high-pressing game, yeah. high up the pitch, it's going to tire someone like Mandzukic out. So, but they were aware of that, I think, last season, and came good at the right time, obviously. Yeah. Towards, well, tried to come good at the right time. Towards in terms the of the winner, though, Real Madrid, where you impress, and you're saying Carlo Ancelotti, obviously he's got the pedigree, but in terms of that, performance yes uh, on Wednesday in terms of like recently their recent form do you think they're as good as Bayern Munich or Barcelona at the moment no definitely I don't not. think they're, no, they're nowhere near really I don't think but I think Carlo, that, though. That, that's the big thing isn't it the it's really interesting thing about uh, yesterday or sorry Wednesday's night's game was obviously Sergio Ramos in central midfield yeah an interesting uh, play sort of played a little bit of a role similar to what Philip Lahm does for Bayern Munich he completed 58 passes in the game, mm. only Cruz completed more. But for me, it's playing him in the wrong position. Yeah. They should have gone with him sitting or him holding or him or Pepe holding if he was going to go that. Poor old Illaramende, nowhere near that side. You've got no central midfielders and you're playing a centre-half in midfield. Weirdly, because he, he would have been one of the great games to play him in. And you also kind of think at this point, well, you know, if they're relying on Modric so much, why get rid of Xabi Alonso at the, at the end of last season? Their transfer they, policy, obviously, is, is absolutely crazy. Yeah, because, well, because they, they see it as an upgrade in terms of moving forward with the football. But what they don't acknowledge is that the side had no balance. And a player like Modric and Alonso offers balance to the yeah. side and that's probably what he was doing but it's almost like I, I get you know if you talk about balance then it's like a scale Sergio Ramos is a defender yeah. and has to be so heavy on the defense because he's because they've got so much attack well what doesn't work for me is that Tony Cruz is playing this defensive midfielder role he isn't a defensive midfielder full stop his best football that he ever played was for Bayern Munich in the season they won the Champions mm -hmm, League mm -hmm. he was playing attacking midfield and yeah. that's where Tony Cruz is better affecting the play in the right area mm -hmm. we saw that a little bit with Thiago for Bayern Munich but we'll talk about that later on but that's where Cruz has got to be nearer the opposition penalty area. He's got a fantastic strike on him. He can, you know, he can put the ball in the bottom corner from outside the area. We saw that for mm -hmm. Germany in the World Cup. You know, it's happened loads of times in the past. He dictates the play in the right areas. For me, it's too deep. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk Move about on. Barcelona. Yeah. So I was watching our good friend Kristen Hennage on CNN earlier today, and he was saying um, Barcelona are one of the favourites because of their attack. So he was saying, Messi, Neymar, Suarez, they've scored 95 goals between them mm -hmm. this season. Do you, do you think that makes them a favourites to, to win? Because their attack is so good. Because um, they, they eased past PSG in that tie. It was like the, the second tie was effortless. I think we forget. We forget that they have the players that are still absolutely fantastic in mm -hmm. their position. Gerard Pique has been one this season that has been, for me, absolutely outstanding. Mm -hmm. Along with Sergio Busquets, he is mm -hmm. the best defensive midfielder in the world by a country mile. Danny Alves, again, was brilliant against PSG. That yep. wonderful assist for the, mm. for the Neymar goal. That was good. You know, these players are sort of coming back and we, we're forgetting them because Barcelona have sort of hit a little bit of a, you know, a lull in their... Yeah. Well, yeah, they're dipping their, their media ball. coverage, at least, or the media hype. Yeah, so even, even so, they've got that amazing attacking line, plus they've got everything behind them now. Yeah, and I think Rakitic, obviously, is, is fantastic, again, for covering Lionel Messi, getting involved. We forget that he pretty much carried Sevilla to win the Europa League last Absolutely, season, yeah. you know, with his assists, with his goals, you know, he scored, got double figures for both of those mm. last season in La Liga. And we, we forget that he is such a brilliant player because he's in a Barcelona team that has these immense players. Like, that Iniesta run for the first Neymar goal, you know, Jesus, how, how do you do that? How do you pick the ball up 
in central midfield and just glide past three players. B before central midfield, to be fair to him, yeah. yeah like, it, was it was pretty much a defensive yeah. position, wasn't it? it? It's a bit bizarre, really, because actually if Rakitic was at another side, you'd say, I mean, he's very well spent at Barcelona right now, but imagine him in uh, United. Yeah. Imagine him in you know, a Liverpool side right now yeah, that needs real. to be able to uh, finish off their, their, their front line there. Imagine him in an Arsenal side. And you just think all those different iterations of where Rak Rakitic could be and, you know, that's what makes them impressive is the, the feed into those guys. Because it's not as if it's just Messi, Suarez and Neymar yeah. all doing it on their own. Yeah. It's quite, it gives them better shape and better form. It, granted, what it gives them is a really great out because these guys have got wonderful movement. So if you want to throw Suarez out wide, which is what was great at Liverpool, and essentially Brendan Rodgers found the best way to play Suarez, which was push him out wide and you've got a really easy out. Yeah. It takes a lot of pressure off the defence. So that's great for them. But then... I wonder, you know, what if Barca were to come up against uh, basically the perfect tie is Barca against uh, Real Madrid, isn't it? I'd argue that the better, the better tie would be Bayern Munich Barca because we get sure. two, we get two of them, we get yeah, two yeah, of the yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. But going back to that, the, the Barcelona front three, I think what they also give at the moment, what was sort of coming out in that game, that pressing is a bit back. Yeah. So they were, obviously under Pep, they were absolutely phenomenal at pressing. Mm. We saw that against PSG that the front three were really putting the turn mm. on them. What I like is how. Suarez was like you're saying. Suarez is quite key to this system that he covers Lionel Messi very, very well. Yeah. Like if Messi's, you know, Messi is Messi. He's an absolutely unique star. But if he doesn't fancy it, Suarez was dropping into right mid, right, you know, right midfield. He's very complimentary. He very is, complimentary. He, is, Just, he did the same at Liverpool. With, I know I'm talking about them a lot, but I mean, with, with, he, his partnerships with other players are great. Yeah. And as selfish as he is as an individual, or looks as selfish, or you know, whatever. He's a great partner. For I think he's one of one of the best team players in the world. You go mm. as a forward. You, know, yeah. you look at Carlos Tevez is probably the pinnacle as a defensive forward. You know, harrying and that. Like, I'd say Suarez is probably second. Imagine Suarez moment. and Tevez in the side. Disgusting. Yeah. Well, let's talk Juventus about next season yeah. if they win the Champions League. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about Juventus then. So um, it wasn't actually the most thrilling tie. No. It's only one goal. Um, but Juventus is now the first Italian side to reach the semi-final since two thousand and ten. So, it says a lot about the state of Italian football. Yeah. Right yeah. Now, so yeah. they're going to be looking to win their first European Cup in 19 years. What do you make of Juventus's chances? Obviously, they've been underperforming recently in Europe. Finally made it to the semis now. Got a very good team. They do have a very good team. But they're, they're for some strange reason, still regarded as... Well, not a strange reason. Because if you look at yeah. the field, they're regarded as under. Yeah, they don't right? have the, the recent pedigree in the competition. Because all these other teams have been in the semi-finals for the last five or six years, haven't yeah, they? Correct, yeah, correct. One year off or whatever. But yeah, Juventus are finally back for the first time since 2010, like we say. So what's going to give them that edge against everyone else is that they are underdogs. Yes. Or at least they're perceived as underdogs. But then therefore, things like their formation and Carlos Tevez. Yes. And, you know, I mean, Dave will probably go further back from Carlos Tevez and say <laughs> that it'll it will really serve them well to play the midfield shape they do yeah. against Barca and Bayern. I think that one thing that they, you know, Pirlo is a wonderful player, yeah. but this Champions League level, we've, you know, how, how many people have, how many teams have cut him down? Man United did with Park Ji Sung. There's so many examples of when <laughs> Pirlo gets to this stage of the Champions League in this current get in the current game that it is at the moment that Pirlo gets found out. So I would say for Juventus to win the Champions League, you've got to go for Macisio holding in midfield. With the with Vidal Pogba as potentially yeah. their three, or if it goes to a four, maybe with uh, Pereira at the top of, of the diamond, or maybe even you know you could look at Tevez at the top of the diamond. But I just don't think with Pirlo in that side that they can go on to win it. They're obviously going to be massive underdogs, and they do have the defenders and the goalkeeper to sit back and to you know defend for ninety minutes. But I can see them 
what well, once you kill Perlo, you kill Juventus, and that's mm. something that they've got to get around. Is that is that not part of it though? That in in controlling a tie, maybe it'll be great to bring on Perlo in a, a later stage if they're doing re- quite dominant football. Yeah. But in a close tie, Perlo's probably not the best. You, for, you want yeah, for now at least. Yeah. yeah. Espe- yeah especially against, I'd say especially against this style of football where yeah. you've got a Suarez, a Messi, someone else. Those guys will try and pick him up and oh, yeah. carry him off the ball. Whereas other sides play higher up, so it doesn't work as well. Well, the last semi-finalist is obviously Bayern Munich. Yeah. So pretty impressive to beat Porto beforehand. Yeah. So they were three-one down after that first leg. A lot of people saying, you know, can they come back from it? Absolutely smash Porto in yeah. the first half. Um, so do you think, seeing how impressive they were, how intense they were in that first half, mm. they are the favourites to win it now? A lot of guys back. That that is in. Yeah, yeah I mean, had, all these guys all returning. These helps yeah. I think I think it kind of again mentioned sort of on the, on Football Daily that Ancelotti had a bit of a get out of jail free card with having all these players injured, similarly to Bayern Munich. They they sort of set up in a four four two shape um, with Thiago and Alonso in central midfield, and that was that complemented each other brilliantly. As we've mentioned before about Alonso holding and then you know letting other players around him go forward. Thiago was absolutely fantastic in the game. You look at his numbers: one goal. One assist, four chance created, four take-ons, 39 passes completed, and winning four out of four tackles. Probably one of the most complete midfield performances you'll see in a long time. Mm, Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, linking him with the likes of Thomas Muller, who fancies it again, and Lewandowski, who, for me, is probably the best number nine up there with Luis Suarez in world football right now. I like his second goal was absolute. Well, that was classic Lewandowski. Someone's played the ball to his feet in the penalty area, and he has just scored a goal. You know, it was already in. As soon as it gets to his feet, you know, shifts it, shimmies it, bang, it's a goal. These defenders aren't poor defenders. They play for Porto, who are in the court final of the Champions League. Absolutely fantastic. So I think Bayern do, you know, up there with their favourites with Barcelona. I think that really helped the Bayern the way this tie went was that Porto exerted themselves in the first game. I'm not saying they were tired, but they certainly exerted themselves against a second-rate Bayern side. Mm and only 1-3-1 one, one. and then you know out came the big guns if you like and suddenly there, yeah. there was there was too much and it, it was a great arc narratively I think another thing with that is that the Bayern Munich side in the first leg lacked a bit of identity formation wise yeah again Pep bangs on playing this back three he's got to play the back four he played the back four obviously against Porto and won 6-1 so that's got to be a bit of an indicator mm-hmm. for him I thought Philip Lahm was brilliant playing on the, a right wing role Thought it just it just worked together. It kind of clicked. Goethe coming in from one side, Lam staying wide. It was it just all came together for Bayern Munich. It really did. And I, th- I think Porto a bit unfair on them in terms of they their best two players this season in the Champions League probably been Alexandro, the left back, and Danilo, who's gone to Real Madrid, their right back well, at the end of the season. Um, so I mean, credit to Jackson Martinez and other yeah, like that as well. For, for, I mean, he scored got in the first game to at least score against Bayern Munich is a, a great achievement. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it to him. Yeah, I just don't think he. In the second leg, especially, he didn't give enough. He, yeah. he looked to, as the captain when they were obviously a number of goals down. He didn't really go. Yeah, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really start pressing. I'm gonna get the lads fired up. He looked a bit lost. Really. Well, that's a part of uh, having the captain up front. There's a bit of an issue, yes, which I'd is say that, probably yeah. a more continental thing sometimes. Yeah. And also um, that uh, essentially they, the, the mercurial players really came good in the first leg. Charisma yeah. and Martinez, and you know that's not a reliable kind of no, uh, no. way to play football. So that, that really helped Bayern here. They just negated them. Who's gonna win it then? If you had to mm. give a shout now, based on we, the we should all pick. A different person, and then we'll definitely have one that won't. Bayern Munich gonna win. Bayern Munich. Yes. I'm going Barca. I'll go Juve for the, wow. for, the for the kicks. The so Barca are the team. We, we, they're definitely gonna win it now, aren't they? Because yeah, we've 100%, left now. Yeah. Real, you mean Real are gonna win it then? Real are gonna yeah. win it then. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes. Real, Real. Real. Do you even listen to Dave? Well, <laughs> it's just getting ahead of myself. 
Uh, so I was looking at the next question, which is... Good if it took you about 10 minutes. Uh, Chelsea versus Arsenal predictions. That's this weekend. Score prediction. It's going to be interesting to see how Chelsea play against Arsenal, isn't it? Because, you know, uh, obviously they've always been very aggressive against them. Like yeah. they've always, for some reason, Arsenal always see themselves as the victims in football matches. Yeah. Um, I don't, no, I don't mean that in a negative sense. Well, I do mean that in a negative sense, that they don't help themselves. And if they didn't, they'd be a much stronger side. Yeah. When Arsenal are on, on top, they're an amazing side. Mm. When they're victims, they're still good, but they're not as good. You'd have to say uh, Chelsea probably favourite seen as Wenger has never, ever beaten Mourinho. Yeah. So, SBC probably say Chelsea are going to win this one, aren't you? Could I even say Arsenal probably in the form of the, like, probably the, the form of probably the last few seasons they finally hit that gear. They're in the peak of this. The peak of the cycle, said, at least. If, yeah. if they beat them, he reckons they're still in the title race. Which How many be. points? So I think they're nine points adrift now. So there'll be six if they win. Well, yes, I don't, I, think, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I reckon it's. Where is it? It's at, at Stamford Bridge. Yep. It's going to be. 2-1 Chelsea. No, no, sorry, it's at the Emirates. It's going to be 2-1 Chelsea It's still. at Emirates Stadium. <laughs> yeah, it's at the Emirates. Yeah. It'll be 2-1 um, Chelsea. Wasn't listening to you. But it, um, it, yeah, so it's at Emirates. Yes. Chelsea will win. Win. Yeah, Chelsea the score will win. Yeah. I'm going to say 3-2. Uh, yeah, 3-2. I think it'll be a high-scoring game because I, I think Mourinho will, Mourinho will um, try and out-psych Wenger. And Wenger. If Arsenal score first, high-scoring. Chelsea score first, lock it down, make it a win. Yeah, 1-0. 1-0, yeah. 1-0 Chelsea. Uh, yeah. I reckon 1-0 yeah. Chelsea. Did, did Chelsea actually have a... Um, who's their striking option for Chelsea? This is the thing. Apparently, Costa's out. Yeah. Well, no, we know Costa's out, sorry. Yeah. Drogba's apparently got an ankle knock and then Remy's out. So what does that give him? A false nine, nine, essentially. False nine, Eden Who? Hazard. Eden Hazard, Definitely. Yeah. I'd put, put him through the middle, potentially where he should be playing. He is obviously brilliant on this left-hand side, but I think he is good enough to play centrally and be be given the freedom to do what what he wants in a way. Do you but have attempted to play like Oscar as a false nine? I think Oscar's a. I think Hazard's a bit more built. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Oscar would be a little bit too lightweight for the role, and, and he's also a bit too far back in the field. Yeah, yeah, potentially. William could be a good option as well. Or Quadrado obviously played pretty much up front for Fiorentina this year, so yeah, playing something like. You know, Quadrado up top and then one of the other attacking mids behind it would be pretty brilliant for Chelsea I, on the counter attack. How much do you think Mourinho relies on Quadrado though in this one? Because I don't think he I don't think Quadrado quite shapes up as a Mourinho reliable player. Yeah, it's so just, that spine's not there. Whereas Azard has been made one of those yeah. mm-hmm. he's won the Mourinho clique, isn't he? So I'd imagine you're right in saying a false nine from Azard. And then, you know Or potentially we can see Solanke, the is it Solanke the the young lad from for Chelsea, seven yeah, eighteen Chelsea. year old who scored like thirty six goals this year for the under eighteens. Obviously yeah. Chelsea won the um, they're in the final of the FA Youth Cup, three one up, and they've won they won the uh, Champions League version for the under nineteens. Why not? The, the ultimate disrespect for Mourinho would to Wenger would be <laughs> I'm gonna start I mean I'm gonna start exactly granted, sort of a good did. striker, yeah. but yeah. I, I, you know, I'm going to choose something against Arsenal in a big game. Yeah. You know, uh, that is Mourinho, though, isn't it? He, I, I think he potentially could do that. Imagine if he great. wins the wins the game for them, scores a 90th minute winner. That would be absolutely fantastic. Kind of makes a sub, I'd be happy. Next question: Freaking Awesome said, "What players hey, do you think Man United should sign this summer?" That's obviously. Do you want my list? Mm-hmm. Well, my list well, of players. If it was a wish list, or should we go for players that are? You know, achievable targets. Achievable, mm. achievable targets. You've got to go for Memphis Depay. Obviously, yeah. an absolutely fantastic player. Scored 20 goals this season in Eredivisie in 27 games. So, mm-hmm. scoring about 0.74 goals per game. He's registered three assists this year. Bit interesting. Yeah. He's changed a little bit. He's more of a goal scorer this year. Last season, he was more of a creator as well as a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. But now he's just scoring goals. I think he averages about 
five shots per game. So he's going to be hitting the target for United, and that's what United need. Where Matt would he, Where would Depay be playing in United's current uh, system? Then? Where would he left sort of wing. slot in? Left wing, 100%. Left wing. What happens to Di Maria? I like Di Maria as a left-sided central midfielder. I think that's where potentially yeah, right. we could go with that. Um, Backline, surely. You know, Matt Hummels? Matt Hummels, for sure. Matt Hummels fan. You know, then, absolute class. And then, um, which goalkeeper are you going to get? If, if De Gea went... <laughs> which? Well, there is the, the papers came out at Guardian yesterday that Lloris might want to lose. That's who I'd go for. Because the Champions League, he wants the Champions League action. So, I mean, to be fair, Lloris would be a pretty good Do you think De Gea is actually going to lose? I, 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 I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one. There's, there's a lot of rumours, which is a bit worrying. Yeah, but, and but where are they coming from? They're all coming from Spain. And if you, go, if you go to Madrid, oh, yeah, then, you know, the, the, especially the Madridistas are terrible for a yeah. rumour, especially with their own Spanish players. Do you think they need a new uh, striker for United? So you've got Rooney now. Van Gaal's figured out that he's yep. actually a striker. Falcao, not going to sign permanently, we can assume. Van Persie, he doesn't look at his best. People Just are saying, Indian, yeah, but people yeah. are saying, you know, he's, he's over the hill almost. You know, they had him uh, for that one best season. Move him on and get someone else in. Is, yeah. is there a striker you want? Man United I'd to sign? definitely strip out. You know, strip out both Falcao, Van Persie. Obviously, they are, like we're saying, over the hill. It's not, you know, they can't really... This modern day of football, I don't think you can have a striker that can't offer anything defensively or can't, you know, offer something going forward in a way where they're energetic and they get around. I think, you know, players that you can be looking out for, Lacazette would be absolutely fantastic. Obviously, top scorer in Liga this season. Yeah. Or, you know, the person who would be perfect would be Lewandowski. Obviously, not going to come yeah, to Man United. Not but he would be next level. He would be the one that take Man United to back to the top three, so top four teams in the world. He would be pretty incredible. Rooney and James. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wilson, that's not enough. No, no of course not. Okay. Okay. That's just a stupid question. Memphis Depay well, could obviously I was just, I was slide on top. Yeah. See, what, what I was wondering was you're looking at Real Madrid obviously in the week they had Chicharito. Would you take him back at United? I like Hernandez. I think that he's been pushed aside. I think I don't know what obviously Van Hal is there every single day and he knows technically Chicharito might not be the best player in terms of keeping the ball, but mm. it was fantastic in those, you know, the seasons when Man United the last time they were at the top of the, the Europe when Bruni was playing behind Chicharito, that was fantastic. You know, he was a really good player. Last time they were top of the Europe. I the, Europe. Um, the Europe. Yes. Sorry, Europe. I think, I think um, <laughs> what about, I mean, you really need players behind them to be chipping in as well. Yes. So that's Di Maria. Um, it's Di Maria. It's uh, yeah, I think Herrera. it's Di Maria. It's no, I mean Herrera's too deep to expect him to score regular goals. Yeah. You know what scored, I mean? How many has he scored this season? I think it's five, five goals. Yeah, maybe. But what I'm saying is, in it, you know, you it, can't be if you on. if you have a match, you're not going to start Herrera and say, 
you know, get in there and be our main goal scorer yeah. in this match. The reason that Herrera has been so successful is because Louis van Gaal has pushed him on in, in, at those points and he's got those goals. Yeah. I mean, granted, he scored pretty critical goals, actually. Like, winner in its QPR, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Like, obviously, Juan Mata has, has weighed in with quite a few goals. I think it's like 13 yeah. goals since he joined United. So, well, that's exactly the name I was... I forget Juan Mata every time I talk about United. Yeah. But he's... I mean, he would be great if he could score more goals. And he scored more goals in his roles in previous, previous yeah. clubs. Well, what about Harry Kane? <laughs> yeah, that'd be excellent. That'd be no, so good. I actually don't think Harry Kane would be a great United player. I think Ooh. he would. Do you, do you know? I think he. No, I think it's. I think he's. He's too. Um, he too needs good. To, basically he needs to stay at Spurs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. And, and for that this, reason, I think it would be annoying if he went to Manchester. Yeah, I don't think it would ever happen. Not this season, at least. Yeah. Uh, it does actually bring me on to the next question. Is great. John Gilmore says, "Who is your Premier League player of the season?" <laughs> So you're looking at De Gea, Costa, Couldn't Harry Kane, these questions before, could you, mate? Hazard. <laughs> Who would you choose, Lines? Um, I feel like you love that question. Do you know what? I feel a little bit sorry for Coutinho this season. Um, yeah, well, wait, come, uh, when I say I feel sorry for him, I mean he's been used as a bit of a foil in this. Uh, basically, Coutinho is the player that everyone votes for when they don't want to vote for Eden Hazard in the, the Player of the Year awards. Mm. And that's why he's there. Which is sad because you know he's he was never going to win it. You no. know? Like, obviously, he's not playing yeah, in the Liverpool side. Nice peak. He hasn't defended well enough. He hasn't scored enough goals. He hasn't yeah. scored enough goals. He hasn't had enough assists. <laughs> yeah. But he is still magic to watch. If you're, I, I think okay, if you're a yeah, Liverpool fan enough. or not, I still think he's magic. But you're to not watch. saying he should win the award. I'm not saying he should win, the, should award. win the award. What I'm saying is he deserves an honourable mention yes. because he's actually a great player to he's watch, and he's still young. If there was a most improved award. Coutinho would be there, but then that's not what, you know, that's the problem. (laughs) But then it's also how you judge it. And I think, you know, uh, Coutinho will peak in a few years. He's only 20, 20, early 20s. Um, Come on, who's your pick to win then? So most people are saying Hazard or Kane. I don't really want to say Hazard, to be honest. Uh, I think Hazard, to be honest. I think he's he's been pretty brilliant this year. He's scored some very important goals, obviously. The goal against Man United. Someone that we haven't mentioned, that's not really mentioned, is Cesc Fabregas. Obviously, had a, he had yeah. such a good first half of the season. Dropped off. But it's dropped Just off. But then, you know, how, how's that first half of the season? Because it was the first half, not the second half. If that was the second half of the season, Harry Kane's probably had a better second half than first half of the season. Because he's an Arsenal fan at heart. Did he? Um, <laughs> did. did did Harry did sorry did Cesc Fabregas' stats drop off as well? Or was yeah, it definitely. Okay, so it wasn't just a perception no, about performance; no. it was that his stats yeah, dropped. Off. His, okay. his performance definitely dropped off. Chelsea scored quite a lot of goals from corners. Mm-hmm. Fabregas was obviously taking them yeah. with that stat, and then his goals he hasn't scored in a while. I don't think. Or it's it's quite interesting. You look at you go back in in history and you look at his Arsenal days or you look at his Barca days. Happens every time. Yeah. First half of the season he's fantastic, and then he just drops off. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's something to do with his conditioning or his. I don't know what we get. It gets, gets found out, maybe. Yeah. You know, he has to move on. Second half of the season, maybe he has to mix his game up a little bit. I think um, Sanchez and Costa are other shouts, aren't they? Sanchez Who you has a for? shout. I'm, I'll go. Uh, I want to go Sanchez. Oh, what about Santi Cazorla? That is a uh, probably great. underrated player of the season. Maybe. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, you, you put him in team of the season, probably, wouldn't you, Cazorla? But we're talking. The, I know it's, it's. Then Sanchez, because I I've, I've really enjoyed his yes. new introduction. And he's, and he's not a complete wanker. Yeah. And Harry Kane is? No, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I think of Harry Kane. I, what? You know, You're confused. I'm confused. I'm, I'm, Kane. I'm, I'm Kane-fused. Uh, I, I would go for Harry Kane. I all right, Harry Kane I'll say Harry Kane with uh, Sanchez as another vote for that. I'll go Kane. I'm going Hazard, I reckon. Hazard. So it's a 2-1, let's go, let's go with Harry Kane. The Kane match. This podcast. We should do team of the season next time. Oh, that'd be good. Or, mate, you've got to wait another, you've got to wait a little bit longer for that. Who's going to win the league for a start? 
Chelsea. You know, if, uh, if Arsenal win this weekend, they win next question is from Vic Rayner, who says, "Should Stop Rogers it. be given more time at Liverpool?" Yes. So everyone, Easy. okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks for your question, Vic. <laughs> bye bye. So uh, are they lost at Villa? A lot of Liverpool fans up in arms, as I'm sure you know. Mm. Uh, first Liverpool manager to not win a trophy in his first three seasons in charge mm -hmm. since the fifties. So a lot of Liverpool fans getting very angry, saying we should be looking at Klopp maybe in the summer. Yeah. What do you reckon? It seems Some like great it seems reactionary like, stuff, isn't it? It seems about three weeks ago, Brendan Rodgers was back to being a genius, yeah. and what an incredible impact he had. Three weeks later, lost to United, uh, then lost to Arsenal, was it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now lost to Villa. All of a sudden, he's useless again. Well, do you know um, how many years was it that Liverpool went without winning anything? It was a good few seasons that Liverpool went under Shankly without winning anything, and they kept the faith. Yeah. And, and um, it was more about the system and the infrastructure that Liverpool were building. And that's mm. part of it at Liverpool. Right? But what worries me is that Liverpool are maybe... Okay, so put it this way. Brendan Rodgers is... I think he's a good manager uh, as, as part of a, a really good technical team. Sometimes he gets it very wrong mentally, yeah. I think, at Liverpool. Mm. And that's where he gets found out. And a lot of people are saying, you know, he's run out of excuses. The problem being that mentality is a very flexible thing. So what are you supposed to do about that? But he, what Liverpool are doing is they are putting a good system down. Look at the youth that's coming through. That's been Essentially, Liverpool have been building a youth system. Or, I mean, they've had a great youth system for mm. a long time. Owen, Gerrard, Carragher, yeah. uh, and a number of other guys that were sold from their youth system went abroad. But then, when Benitez came in, he put a really good foundation down for a lot of young players. We found Suso through that. We found Pacheco. We found Teixeira. They found... Uh, I mean, Sterling was bought in, but he was yeah. then developed. Uh, and there have been a number of good young players. Wisdom, uh, Kelly, who's now still playing in the Premier League. You know, mm -hmm. you can name a lot of those guys. And so what we're saying is Liverpool are, FSG are allegedly putting down the foundations for what the previous re regime didn't build. They're building a stadium. Yeah. And this is giving Rodgers more time because the club is in what they're terming a transitional phase. Yes. And so they're in an understanding mood. The problem being, now we have Twitter, now we have all these other things, it's difficult because he's invested 100 million and I know we say, well, you know, what, what's, um, what's, uh, what's Van Gaal invested? Yeah. Right. He, he does already have a quality team of players um, and Liverpool were building on um, essentially mistakes of a previous regime, really, is, is what I'm going to say. Previous manager before this was Kenny Dalglish and Roy Hodgson. What I'm saying is, in context, mm. you could either, you can beat him with a stick and say he's achieved relatively in that he's bringing through Sterling, Ibe, all those kind of guys, Coutinho, who no one else seemed to want to buy at the time. Liverpool mm -hmm. got him so yeah. easily. Um, so, you know, there's a number of, plus Daniel Sturridge, there's a number of, you know, good pluses in there. Yeah. But they have relatively underachieved. And the money they spent was not all misspent. There are a couple of players in there, Lovren. Sacco's been yeah, injured. And I would say Sacco will come good as part of a quality mm -hmm. back line. But, I mean, Emery Chan, I know he's not a defender, but he does still offer a great out for Liverpool mm. in this system. They need to find a way to be able to cover for him, and essentially that's Martin Skirtle. Yeah. But the problem is when Martin Skirtle's then not there, then you have to change the system, he's not done that. I think you've also got to look at, like, for the likes of Markovic and Balotelli, maybe. Who's, who's Where's doing he going to play in Markovic? But this is the thing, I mean, who's I feel doing sorry the scouting and who's, who's saying, this is his strengths, this is his weaknesses, this is where you should play him, this is where he's played in his system. He did play well this, for a little while, but he was, he, was, he was defensively found out. The problem is, they put Markovic and Chan on the same side of defence. And then probably had, you know, if they're playing this 4-3-3, they probably had like, you know, the likes of Sterling ahead of them, which is a very attack-minded... So, yeah. 
And no Sign. one's tracking back. And the, uh, Well, essentially people are tracking, but Markovic does actually track back yeah. there. But I, I feel sorry for him because when he does track back, sometimes he does all right, but it's, all you need is that one moment and he's, yeah, he's exposed an entire defence. And especially with Chan just behind that, he's exposed Chan. If it was, say, a more reliable defender and you put Chan in midfield, like I think you said on yeah, the yeah, this definitely. week, then you've got a much better system there for Liverpool because Chan is a great outlet for Liverpool. Yeah. And that's, again, Chan was vastly underrated in the Bundesliga. No one else bid for Chan when he went there. Yeah, mm. no, no, he was, he was definitely up there, wasn't he, as a, as a player that, to look out for. But again, Liverpool was ta- have taken, not a gamble, but they've, you know, he's, he, he's rated, but he's, he is a very, very good player. He's, mi- he's mid-rated in the sense that yeah. there are a lot of G- German journalists who sort of said, well, you know, he'll do all right, but yeah. he won't be amazing. So maybe that's the review of his season. He's done all right, but not amazing. Yeah. But when Liverpool really needed someone, he was, he was there earlier in the season. Would you say Rodgers needs to improve himself sort of in the media in terms of, you know, at the start of the season, he, he said, look, we're going to come top four, we're going to gonna win a trophy. He's, he's yeah. terrible at stringing himself And then, and then now he's today, he's come out with, we're, we're sort of on par of where we are. We've reached two semi-finals and we're fifth said. in the league. He, Is, has he got the sort of David Moyes-esque inability to deal with press at the highest level I don't think he has the inability I think that he has a real blind spot in that he gets a it's basically what you need to say to Rodgers is pride before a fall mate like stop stop naming what you've done well we'll all see that come the end of the season and if if you stop saying to us all all these predictions etc which are superfluous to what you need Mm. to say then you know that's what you got that then you will get better and you will not be strung up basically by your own words the biggest thing is he's one of these new age managers who uses vernacular that people think sounds david brentish he then that's strings himself up because in the media he thinks he's somehow motivating himself the players someone yeah. giving the fans something or whatever mm. and it's just it, it's put it, essentially it's poor communication i think he's too much of himself and he's not learned to be somebody else like, like you'd Mourinho say Mourinho, you'd say van Howe. they're liars they just lie to you yeah. to, to dodge they, questions. But, okay, in a way. But they, lie, they lie to the press, and the problem is that the press then get angry and turn yes. on them. Yeah. And sometimes Rogers tries that, yeah. but because he's poor at it, he doesn't do it well enough, yeah. and the press get pissed and then portray him in a way that's like, well, he's a wanker. Or, Which is, you know what I mean? What's yeah. happening today, in a way, where they're bringing quotes of you know yesteryear back up yeah. and saying, oh, Brendan, you said this, or Brendan, you said that. But right now, you've got to admit, fifth place doesn't look terrible considering mm. the field they're in, yeah, but but it yeah. could be in the top four yeah. and yeah. probably should be in the top four if they hadn't dropped silly points. Well, if you, yeah. judge, if you judge him by his own standards, he said he wanted to get into the knockout stage of Champions League, yeah. he wanted to win a domestic trophy and he wanted to finish in top four. So yeah. they're not doing any of them. But they're fine margins there. They were one match away from being yeah, in exactly, that, Besiktas yeah. beat them very finally and they're in the semi-final against a side that have been on pretty good form. That sounds it. defensive, no, 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 but, yeah. but essentially those are very fine margins that you think, well, if it goes the other way. The problem being, he's lost everything on fine margins as a manager of Liverpool, and you will not remember fine margins years no, later. Yeah, You'll remember, remember, we just didn't win it. And especially, again, I mean, I'm sitting next to a United fan right now. No Liverpool fan can go to a United fan and go, well, you won the league on fine margins. You go, you won the league. You won the league, yeah. And that's the important yeah. thing. And, that, and he's, he said that again. You know, like be but you stick with him, you stick with him. I'm going to stick with him. But that, it, the problem being there are Twitter people around the world who don't represent my same thought yeah. process. Yeah. And, you know, you know some, if someone in Thailand says, go with Klopp, you know, I'm... Who the, the interesting thing well, who the fuck am I like you know who essentially the they might be right but 
you know, rock and roll football at Liverpool might not work. But Klopp had time, and I think that's what Brendan Rodgers had. Brendan Rodgers is 42 still. Yeah. He's young for a manager. Brilliant. Yeah, you know, and you, he looks late 30. He does, yeah. He does yeah. look, he does look he brilliant did. for his age. That's why he's look, he got a new missus, eh? He does, yeah. Oh, mate, that's outrageous. <laughs> you can't be saying stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, no, I think, um, I think Brendan needs to improve. He needs to keep his targets to himself. I think yeah. that's one thing that he could do. You don't stop, see the likes yeah, of stop Mourinho. saying I'm going for her tonight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, keep it inside keep himself. Keep the family, Brendan. Yeah. Whatever happened with the envelopes? Remember last season? They, had the they envelopes, were just a motivational tool. There was like, no one in the envelopes. Well, we don't know because he never showed oh, them. I, I wonder if it was. <laughs> so you know, I imagine also that when he sold whoever he sold in the summer, he gave him the envelope and went, oh, "This, it was you, by the way." And, you know, <laughs> see you later, mate. Yeah, see you later, Stuart. Um, so, <laughs> so it, uh, it was all Stuart Downing envelopes, either that or they were all just blank pieces of paper. He went, I didn't think any of you would let yourself. Yeah, sorry, it's just like management bullshit, it, basically. But, he's one, but that's the point, what I'm saying. He's one of these new age managers who, you know, it's a very. It, that's the pro I said this about Pardew on There's YouTube a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it, it's very uh, ego engageable and mm. the problem is your ego is going to burn out in a little while and that's the problem he has is sometimes Balotelli's mercurial yeah very rarely but sometimes <laughs> and same for Sterling two quick questions to finish up because we're running out of time yeah, sorry about will that. Yaya Torre leave Manchester City says Ellen B XOXO the more we talk about it, the more inevitable it looks right and I would he's actually gone. like to see him he's gone. I, I think he's gone I think he's absolutely gone I think he, for, for City and for him it would probably be the best move because obviously he's, he's done everything at City that he can they're not going to win the Champions League next and where year. to they're not good enough well, where are we paving the way to Inter, Inter or Milan PSG. or yeah or PSG PSG would, PSG would be PSG interesting but then PSG would be the same situation as City yeah. but at, in France in Paris but he'd be I mean he'd be very well loved in Paris oh, I yeah. think but then I agree. I'd like to see him go to a side. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see him like a side like Inter, uh, AC Milan. Yes. I'd love to see him in Milan because yes, I think definitely. either side he'd offer something really interesting. Mm. The problem being, if he went to someone like AC, he is too much like the other AC players right now, and he's very on off. I think that's what he needs to. He needs a team where he fits in, and that there's already leaders there, so he doesn't have to do that. Don't have to play that role. Him alongside Zlatan or someone like that. Are you saying? Yeah, yeah or in just a way. Behind a, I mean, then you do say, well, if Zlatan left PSG. Then get Yard. Then he can get Yard, yeah, yeah. But again, Zlatan was pretty anonymous against Barcelona. Is he already over the hill, would you say? I'd, I'd, having said that, I'd it? still love to see him at a Premier League side. I'd be not, I'd be if we, if Liverpool could swap Ricky Lambert for, uh, <laughs> for Zlatan, Zlatan yeah, Ibrahimovic, yeah, straight Ricky. slip. I would slip. love that, yeah. And then he plays a similar role to, uh, to Zlatan. This to be a great character to have over here, wouldn't he? What a great character. <laughs> I, read it, I read his book. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I am in Zlatan. terms of. I, I just thought it was full of, you know, when your mates sort of go, yeah, so I hit him, and you're like, yeah, mate, you're being a bit of a wanker. You're a bit like that at times. Yeah. Although you see his philosophy and how successful he was because of it. Uh, last question is, Tony K says, will, Tony Chris. will <laughs> Leicester be... Will I still be at Real Madrid next season? <laughs> <laughs> no, Tony, you're going to no, move Tony. to Man United. <laughs> he, he, no, he's, he's thinking about the Premier League. He said, will Leicester beat the drop? So they've won three games in a row now, having previously won four games all season. Where do they sit? Uh, they are one point from safety. Yeah. Their running is it's reasonably uh, winnable. They've got a big game against Burnley this weekend. Right. So do you think they're going to beat the drop or are they going to get relegated? I think they are actually going to beat the drop now because Hull City are not far above them and they have a dreadful running. They've yeah. got to play Spurs, United. I think they've got to play Arsenal as well. So I think Hull are in real trouble, whereas Leicester have got winnable, winnable games. Really. Leicester have got obviously a massive game against Burnley, as you mentioned this weekend. Yeah. Then at home to Chelsea, their home form of late has been pretty brilliant. 
then the rest of the games are very, very winnable. They've got QPR last game of the season. They've got yeah. Sunderland away, obviously in and out of form. Mm-hmm. Southampton will probably have nothing to play play for with three games to go. And Newcastle, obviously, are, are again, oh, relegation bad. candidates at the moment. <laughs> but I reckon Leicester at the moment are looking like the team that look like they're up for it the most. There's a one team that have got a bit of form at the bottom of the table. We've got a bit of momentum down there. Whereas QPR sort of struggling a little bit, you know. Uh, Burnley as well, unfortunately, not winning many games. But then you look at Hull, so they've got Palace away, which is not too bad, but again, Palace on good form. Then they've got to play Liverpool, Arsenal, Burnley, Tottenham and Manchester United, which is pretty tough. Yeah, it's not looking great for them, is it? Yeah, so Hull are only, uh, Hull are actually level on points with Leicester. They're only out of the the drop zone on uh, goal difference. So actually level with Leicester at the moment. Mm. I think Leicester have got, have got a bit of, you know, they're playing a 3-4-3, three, three. they look like they're up for it, they're pressing. Cambiasso has been Cam- pretty yes. awesome in the last few games. That experience has come through. Yes. Yeah. I mean, imagine if they did beat the drop, they'd still yeah, go down next season. What, what, you, well, still, what an achievement. Second season achievement in the Premier League, still more money. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, ima- or imagine the investment they get, because that's a, a lot of money. Oh, Leicester haven't actually played badly all season as well. They've been close in a lot of games. Yeah, and well, they beat United, yeah, what, 5-2? Yeah, yeah, absolutely smashed them up. Highlight of the season. Yeah. Um, so, I'm actually going to wrap it up there. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, yes. We're almost at 40 minutes, you see. Really? That's time to wrap it up. Well, that gives us just five minutes to riff. Well, I've got to play five sides, I'm not sure. Yeah. So. And do you not think we should be recording this? What well, you know, I, I I know that it's a bit of a cliche thing to do, Sorry. but you know, uh, if you'd, you wouldn't you love to record somewhere else, like outside? I'd love to just yeah, get to a the cafe. Sound would be terrible. Mate, it's the sun. It's amazing. Okay, next next week we'll go outside. It's still actually really nice outside. It's beautiful. It's, um, what's the time right now, Adam? It's uh, it's, it's six forty. Twenty to seven on a Thursday night, and it's. It, Lovely. Next time we'll do it outside on a it's Wednesday. It's not sweltering. It's, it's no, not no, bad. Decent weather. Yeah. Um, so, great. thank you for listening. That was the first ever, ever episode. Not the last episode. We come back next week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the front forward three, is it? Front three. Can we say the front three? Yeah, because then if someone else guests on the show, they can be like our oh, attacking midfielder or something. Oh, like, join, yeah. In behind. Joining the attack. Or one of us joins the, joins the attack. Said. Like some sort of attacking diamond. So, where oh. can those good people find more of your work, Lars? Um, if they wanted to follow you on Twitter, just for example, everywhere you can just at Loscast, at Loscast, Instagram, Twitter. Oof. I've got a Facebook page. Oof. Do you realise that? Do you know why I set up a Facebook? I know it looks arrogant to get a Facebook page. <laughs> what, yeah. I, Facebook what, I, what I did was I realised I didn't want to clog my friend's feed, uh, and I thought, you know, a lot of people oh, post yeah. videos and they're like, go and watch my latest video, guys. Love Dave, and you're like, no Dave, no Dave. Shut up, Dave. Yeah, Hang we've on. known each other for you know a decade now from school, and I'm not really that interested in what you have to say so so I figured I'd get a fan page so go and like the page and you'll sort of see what I do on football daily and uh, those kind of things what about, like, you, what about you Dave where can, where can people oh, find more Twitter, stuff you know, Dave are you searching it right now I'm, lo- I'm looking for the Loscast. the Loscast page yeah. just to see what oh there, there 34, 74 likes 74 likes you're going to get 75 now mate there you go you just yes. dropped another one go on I've dropped another like you can find me on Twitter as Squawker Dave obviously dropping some stat bombs left right and centre dropping also got truth Got a new YouTube channel where I post ah. post-game stuff about Manchester United. So if you like Ooh. Man United and analysis, get on that. What's it called? It's called the Three Talking Points. Is it Ooh. really? Yeah. Is it, so is it YouTube.com forward slash the Three Talking? No, points? no, I wish. Oh, then what's it it's called? David O'Brien. Okay, David O'Brien. Yes, obviously. Is that your real name? No, it's my real name. <laughs> don't don't find me. Why'd you change it for showbiz? Yeah, showbiz, showbiz guys. Oh my God, you're so. 
Oh, you're like so, a DiCaprio. Where, where can people find you, Adam Boltwood? You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Boltwood. It's very simple. Yeah, but uh, it's B O U L T W O D. So, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be back next week, hopefully on Wednesday. So, until then, goodbye. Bye. See ya. 